Hello and welcome to Farming Focus. I'm your host, Peter Green, and on this bonus episode, we're going to meet Peter Beaumont, the Managing Director of Cornish Mutual, to hear about the unique relationship that Cornish Mutual has with its members and how it continues to evolve, not least with the launch of this podcast. Peter, do you want to introduce yourself? Yeah, hi. My name's Peter Beaumont, and I'm the Managing Director at Cornish Mutual. I've been doing this job about three and a half years but I've been here quite a lot longer I was the finance director prior to that and I moved to Cornwall to come and do that to do the job and Cornish Mutual as we've um, talked about uh, a number of occasions previously has been and continues to be a a trusted partner for not only farming families in the southwest but you know the wider rural community um, for, for many many years what what do you put this down to this is the longest time I've ever been at an individual organisation. It, it really gets under your skin. So it's something I've, I've thought about. I think it is down to the mutuality and how that projects out. It's that sense of trust you were, you were touching on. Um, I think that's the really, the, probably the most important thing about Cornish Mutual. It's a, an organisation that people have learnt to trust over multiple generations. And, you know, we have farming families who've been with us, you know, since the beginning. Yeah, and, and on that point, I was thinking as I was driving in today... I can remember going to Cornish Mutual's old offices with my grandparents to pay their checks in for their premiums. And I was thinking, well, how long ago was that? I mean, um, I've recently had a, a birthday with a zero in it. And um, it, so it's got to be 35 years ago, probably, that that happened. But it was always just another trusted partner. It was like another person sitting around the table for them. And I think, I mean, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but that sense of it being a mutual, it's almost like it's not a third-party organisation. Do you think that um, the members of Cornish Mutual feel that sense of ownership they get from it being a mutual? I think it's probably slightly subtler than that because I don't think everyone understands specifically the legal form of mutuality so the the reality is we don't have shareholders we don't have that sort of set of stakeholders who are looking to make a a profit out of it Um, and when we speak to members some understand it and some don't I think the most important thing is the behaviour it drives internally. It's well understood internally. And so I think working here, you don't ever feel conflicted by that sort of, oh, I've got to balance the need of our members against the need of the, the, the owners who are taking money out. They're the one and the same. And it, it really gives you the freedom to make the right choices. And that's the behaviour I think that people respond to. To be trusted, you need to be trustworthy. And, and, and I think, you know, that, that sense that, you know, you can do the right thing by the members without getting in trouble for not selling them something they don't need or hitting some erroneous target or or whatever and and those are the things we can avoid through our mutuality so the mutuality is incredibly important and that's what drives it so even if you don't understand it that it's a result of that that's what you're experiencing yeah so the members of the team aren't just carrying out transactions you know it's more than that absolutely i mean they really they really i mean so many of our employees are from a farming background and they understand the challenges they really feel it you know that they might be their parents or their brothers and sisters are working farmers and so if we were doing anything that was in conflict with that they would 
feel it straight away and that feedback will come through so yeah i think there's a a real living and, and breathing the member experience you know it's really strongly felt and of course we're face to face with members we've you know a, a fully a quarter of people are out that's their job out meeting members and the rest of us you know get to see members on a regular basis we're just heading into show season just had our first show devon county this past weekend and it it just brings it all back and you know you're getting that that real direct contact and seeing the issues and able to talk to people and see what they're feeling and where you know where their successes and their worries are yeah that must be a really special time of the year being able to get out yourself and get to the shows and meet a good number of members in one day or one weekend or whatever it might be for me it's the most important part and i think also the rest of our board get the opportunity to do that as well you know you can forget what you're doing when you're sat in the office can't you and sort of loads of things coming across your your desk but when you get to engage with the end user of of your service it's it's you know the most important moment in your year really and you touched on going out to a show just recently what were people saying there how were people in the farming community and particularly feeling about where farming is there's obviously a huge amount of change which feels like we're always saying that of course <laughs> when is it not i suppose this the sense was that we're coming into a more uncertain period on the financial side because perhaps there's been a couple of years where for some farmers you know prices have been better um, had a few conversations about how many new tractors have been bought <laughs> and people may be thinking they should have put some money aside instead (laughs) but uh, obviously the subsidies are are really starting to fall away pretty sharply now Um, but interestingly I think open uh, open to some new new ideas as well met quite a few new entrants as well part of the part of the show was the night before was the Devon Farm Business Awards and there's quite a lot of new entrants with new ideas and running slightly different um, business models Um, so there's quite a lot of I think quite a lot of inspiring stuff out there as well so perhaps it it just generally felt maybe more hope more hopeful than I was anticipating yeah and I think that interaction between new entrants and existing established farming families is always quite interesting and I think I'm guilty myself sometimes of having a bit of a prejudiced view I've got some friends who have just started up um, with their own small holding and it's quite easy to look at what they're doing and to say oh you know well I wouldn't have done it like that and I think they'll learn that that wasn't that straightforward what's your experience at something like an awards where you've got these new entrants who are clearly succeeding doing well trying new things of that interaction I mean, you get the full range. It's not whether they're doing it right now. It's it's who they're interacting with. I think the people who are speaking to others about what is working and, and are prepared to learn, that seems to me to be the defining feature of all the ones that are making progress. And whether that's sort of advisors or whether it's they, you know, family and friends if they've if they've got a background or neighbours or they're just they're highly engaged and, and trying different things. And you talked about um, having been with Cornish Mutual for a while. And so you'll have seen some change in the way members are doing farming. Is that one of the most notable areas? So in the extent to which new entrants now are open to new ideas versus perhaps where where the industry was when you first joined Cornish Mutual? Yeah, I see a lot more 
evidence of people being inter- more interested in new, the new stuff. It, it seems to be a driver for new, for new entrants. But then equally, we've seen existing operations um, changing as well. But quite often, there's there's a little bit of a changing of, of the guard. This is really anecdotal, but it just feels like maybe that, that succession event's being pulled forward because it's not, um, in some cases, that a, there's a bit of a step change in the business. So it might be moving towards perhaps rotational grazing or, or some input reduction. And so it's not the same schedule as it was last year. Someone wants to try something different and it, it takes it maybe outside just one person's comfort zone and, and someone else comes in and, and is prepared to take that extra bit of, of a leap. And those businesses, those families perhaps, where you're seeing that change, that sort of creep towards the slightly newer ideas, what are the catalysts in those businesses? What, what marks out the businesses which are more successful at making change successfully? Um. I think thinking ahead and planning. Um, I, th- I think you know, we've had, you know, we've had a couple of years of higher prices. The people who can see ahead and the prices are going to fall are taking different actions to the one who's still got the money in the bank. You can't wait until the money's not there and then and then act. Um, so it, I think it is that that constant reevaluation. And I know it's incredibly difficult to do. I think one of the things of, of observing farming over the years is just the admiration I have for people who do it because it's such a diverse and challenging job and finding time to think ahead and and strategize a bit Um, but i would say that that is one of the you know really really key activities and experiment you know experimenting and and not being so fearful of failure is is another really important thing and part of that is not being fearful that the next generation is going to somehow mess it up but you know give them a chance to try that ideas and there's there's different mechanisms by which that can be done as well you don't have to hand the whole thing over and we talked a lot in a very short space of time already about change uh, in agriculture and, and you mentioned that, that, that farming in the UK is at a bit of a crossroads we've got changes in government policy we've got different trading relationships now from from what we did um, seven years ago or more and the demands from consumers are changing as well how do you see Cornish Mutual evolving to support its members in the coming years? One of the things we get back from the surveying we've done of our members and we sort of we sort of started down the sort of asking about insurance and risk and also all those sorts of things one of the things that kept coming back was we know we know there's changes coming but we don't know where to go for the answers and uh, we know we're a trusted organization and we've talked about that uh, before so i think one of the really key things for us to do and and this sort of podcast is part of that is help that in that communication space so helping people find the good case studies the good examples the good supply chains sharing the things that have worked around the membership base you know we've got a very significant footprint i think that's probably the the starting point for us is that communication so we've been doing some more work with trying to encourage farm walks around particular themes um, to demonstrate some things that have worked perhaps we'll be able to find some things and demonstrate that the things that don't work as well um, it's great always great to learn from other people's mistakes isn't it yeah. for example so that that's the first thing and then um, beyond that we're speaking to the membership and asking them you know where else they'd like us to develop our offering to start to maybe help a little bit more than just you know there's more to resilience than insurance are there other things that we can help deliver either directly or through supply chain cornish mutual farming insurance experts working to protect the farming community since 1903
And resilience is the theme of this first series of the podcast. And I was trying to reflect um, myself on what it means to me. And I think really, particularly thinking about my farming business, it's about withstanding shocks. My family have have been through some particularly uh, shocking events. And some of those risks are really difficult, not impossible to anticipate. But I think one can feel that the business is much more resilient if you're just taking a fairly holistic view of what different things could happen. It might be as simple as saying, well, last year we had a really dry summer and right now the grass is probably getting a little bit far ahead of the cows. But actually, given the weather patterns we're seeing at the moment, I'm not going to take all of that grass for silage. I might need some grass in three weeks time. It might be as short term and as small as that. But thinking about resilience specifically, what what does it mean to you and, and why is it such an important topic to be looking at for our rural communities right now? I think you hit the nail on the head, really. It's that capacity to deal with shock. It's also that capacity to change, I think, is very closely linked in how you describe, you know, thinking ahead. It's that, that planning point we were talking about before. Mm. It's having that ability to be able to deal with shocks, whether they come through the sort of some personal event or weather event or a business event. You know, there's, there's, they can come from all sorts of places. And, and so you need different types of capacity within the business. So you need some personal fortitude sometimes or a, a, a good support network. You know, knowing where to go to ask and, and just having the courage to courage to ask perhaps um, obviously there's a financial component to it so it's you know a bit of planning as well making sure if that crop doesn't come in or the the weather's not quite right that you're going to be able to get through that and it's not going to put you under existential threat I suppose yeah we talked a bit there about anticipating change and something that I find really difficult to do is to sort of separate um, my time and to make time away from the operations. I had a, a boss who used to refer to the muck and the bullets, you know, being really stuck into the day job. But actually, he would he would really compel myself and, and my peer group to sort of make time for working on the business as well as in it. How do you make time particularly in your role, which, you know, has a lot lot of um, strategic elements. How do you make time for that planning to sort of anticipate change? And how do you see successful examples on farms of people doing that? What is it that those people are doing? Engage with others, for sure. It's very hard to self-generate everything you need. I always make sure I take time to go to conferences you know trade conferences or I I look out for interesting events and make sure I go along to those going to shows if we've got a farm walk I'll try and make sure I'll I'll go to some of those again it would be very easy to avoid those because there's always a a pile on the desk that needs um needs addressing but you just have to say you have to understand the importance of it I, I can't remember the right phrase you'll you'll know there's something about getting off the farm for an hour hour a week or yeah so i I always quote um i think matt naylor who did a piece in the farmers weekly many years ago and he said that he would encourage people to get off their farm once a day out of their parish once a week out of their county once a month and out of their country once a year and the idea of getting that perspective just really resonates and that i think that's what you're saying in part 
totally. It is about perspective. If you go somewhere else, it, everything else sort of falls away. It's a bit, it's, if you do get this opportunity, I know not everyone does, but you know, you talked about holiday. If you get out of the country and then you're in a totally different sort of frame of mind and it's almost like you're like, oh, let's move here. And, you know, ev- everything else falls away, doesn't it, for a bit and then you, and then you get back. But if, if in that time that gives you that, that space when your brain lets go of everything else, that's when the other ideas, and especially if you go along and maybe see someone else's operation and, and some of the lessons they've learned it, it can be incredibly valuable and give you a completely and utterly different perspective so just trying to summarize what what we've covered off then we you know we've talked a lot about the change that's going on in, in uk agriculture at the moment but it feels to me like what we're saying in, in terms of increasing personal resilience and the, and the resilience of a, a, a person a particular business try and look around you get that perspective and try and you know get your head above the parapet use your networks people that you know people that you deal with it might be neighbors it might be people that are in completely different walks of life but use use them and their perspective but also from the sound of it be ready to adapt you know try and have a mind that's looking ahead and thinking you know well if this risk were to come about then how can we uh, preempt it and maybe put ourselves in a position to better cope with it I think you hit the nail on the head there really I think those are all the defining features and it's not just farming businesses actually those those are the things that successful businesses do across the whole sector so for example you know sort of tying that to an insurance company we're actually a regulated business so some of the things that the regulator requires us to do is sit and think about the scenarios that could upset the business so we, we actually do that sort of planning as an insurer, we also then have to add it up and work out what the number is that we need to keep in the bank um, against those contingencies. And we have this continuous sort of risk management approach that, that goes on, and that, and that is how we, how we run the business. And part of that is, you know, looking at what's going on in the industry and speaking to others, because there's always something new that comes along that you've got to change. Um, you can't anticipate everything, so you, you have to have that, that, those resources around you to react and respond when they do come along. I think one of the really specific challenges for farming businesses is they've become so thin in terms of people who are working in the business because of automation and, and, and the efficiency piece. It, you know, a lot of our members, there's, there's a sole working person on there and maybe, a, you know, maybe one or one or two other people on there at all so the extra level of effort required to go out and build those networks because it's i mean here we've got a hundred people so i can bounce stuff off but if if i was working in a a, you know as a sole business person i'd really have to work even hard you know really hard to go and find find those people to talk to so so that probably is stepping off the farm and making yourself go to that event and that's another important point you know might not have that really specific goal in mind but just getting off and making contacts is it has value in itself and that's that's really interesting because that's something when i speak to other people about um going to a farm walk uh and getting away from farm there's a sense that oh i've got all these jobs that i have to do and they are jobs that that they have done for for many years and, and generations sometimes and i think the thing which can be really difficult is to evaluate which jobs are actually adding value you know which which things would we not miss if we didn't do them how do you think farmers can better do that i think this is down to individuals it's not just down to 
a change in farming practice you've got to find a way of recognizing that you need that time and and so it's going to be a different journey for everybody some people just naturally do it but there's that saying isn't there you know if you want something done give it to a busy person and i would just say it's an observation that the the people out there with the businesses that are just zinging along really nicely on the face of it they look like incredibly busy operations and they you know they've got loads of stuff going on but they're also out there out and about meeting other people and i think it's not an accident that that's why they've got all those insights and they've spotted the opportunities because they just have taken that time away from the business and had had that breather if you don't do that four-hour job and you go out you might come back realizing how you can do it in two but you're not going to get that insight just by staying it's very easy to say but i do have to do it myself i'm you know not not from a farming sense but i i have to put that stack aside and make decisions about what not to do uh, if i'm going to go head off and 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 go and look into some event or, or or some other aspect of the business i don't know about at the moment again keeping on this topic of change we, we there's lots going on in in agriculture generally at the moment but what are you excited about with cornish mutual and the year ahead what have you got coming up and which plans are you really excited to see coming to fruition we will be building on the extra events that we've been putting on just getting that high level of contact with the membership so we've obviously got the shows um we've got our sort of farm works we've got we've had um an engagement role that we put out that was new um, and has been running for a while and that's really sort of starting starting to come to fruition we're developing some new services as well which we'll continue to do so we we started uh, in an area that was that was parallel to insurance with uh, some health and safety work and that's gone that's been really appreciated I think partly because it takes some of the worry away from that area but actually we do a lot of the work make it really easy to get through we want to develop the services in in other areas so we, we can do something similar really help people with the sort of direction of travel so one of the areas we've uh, invested in is uh, soil health it's really emerging as a, a, a really preeminent and important topic yeah. you can just see it as one of those areas where the wrong advice can lead you down the wrong path so other people's work has po- really pointed in the direction say independent agronomy uh, advice is is really critical so that's an area we're we're really exploring at the moment great well that sounds very exciting i'm really conscious of your time thank you so much for spending uh, so much time with us and uh, and uh, being so so full with your answers i've got a couple of killer questions which we have to ask i've been told every single guest on the show so the first one and you need to really think carefully about how you answer this i think is when it comes to a cream tea is it jam first or cream first? Oh, that's really unfair because you is, f- you fully know <laughs> you fully know we operate across a broad region. I do, and I'm expecting you to sit firmly on the fence here, Peter. So, which way are you going to go with it? I I have to admit. I have to admit that I actually do. I'm very careful which way round we do it, depending on which county we're in, in case I'm secretly photographed. So I follow the county rules along county county lines, and that's so I actually. And we and we've done that in our campaigns a few years ago. We had some flyers with cream teas on them, and we had to do different photographs for the different counties. So, absolutely. Very good. Well, that's a very diplomatic answer, Peter. I'm very impressed. Thank you very much for that. And I'm sure that uh, Cornish Mutual members across the region will be relieved to hear that you're doing it the correct way, whichever that is, <laughs> regardless of where you are. So that's great. Thank you. And I guess 
the other question um, that we are trying to ask everyone is um, an early farming memory. So when you first joined Cornish Mutual, was there anything that you were particularly struck by and that perhaps has stuck with you from going out on farm? I think that my first farm visit going out when when I arrived and I I spent probably a couple of months here before I even went anywhere there was there was a lot to do and I didn't have a farm sort of farm visit as part of my induction and, and when I first went out it was just so different um, from what I was expecting and I probably should be I, I, I'll be quite sort of candid on my answer because I it, it was quite shocking but we were meeting up with a member and the inspector um as we called them at the time was was talking to the member and sort of giving him the price etc and the member handed over a blank check and i was in a finance role and that was like anathema and quite scary but the, it was the total level of trust and i and i spoke to the the person afterwards and said i don't think that's you know we should really be doing that he said well actually this member isn't very confident about their writing and they, you know, it would take them a long time. So he signs it and gives it to me, and I fill it out. And and that I thought was a really humbling moment because it was, it showed the level of trust in the organisation. But it was, you know, the 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 farm was 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 great and so different from what I was expecting. It was it was it just the the sheer level of hard work and the and that variety of tasks. But yeah. but it was the check that stood out for me, yeah. and the and that that relationship with the company. Well, that's fantastic, and, I, and I'm sure that's uh, still very much where Cornish Mutual are with many people today. Well, I hope so. And um, you know, sitting on the inside and seeing all the hard work people here do, I, th- I think you know we're still in a position where that trust is earned. But we need to continue to earn it every day. And uh, we're, yeah, we're trying to respond to what the what the membership needs. And particularly, I think during such challenging times when there's lots of change and the membership's asking you know where do i go for that you know what what better time than now for cornish mutual to try and do a little bit more peter thank you again ever so much for your time no doubt we will speak to you again soon thank you very much cornish mutual farming insurance experts that's it for this bonus episode thank you very much for listening and i hope that you enjoy the series as we go through it Episodes of Farming Focus will be released every fortnight on Tuesdays. Please spread the word about the podcast, tell your farming neighbours, and don't forget to rate, review and subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast so that you don't miss any episodes. You've been listening to a bonus episode of Farming Focus brought to you by Cornish Mutual. I've been Peter Green. Until next time, it's goodbye from me and everyone in the Cornish Mutual podcast team. <laughs>